Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back to the Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. We have made it at last. There is one week to go until the Calcutta Cup and the kickoff for the Six Nations. But before we get there, we've got a podcast focusing on all things domestic. Edinburgh and Glasgow both in action in the URC this weekend. And some very, very interesting chat in the newspapers as we look forward to the Calcutta Cup at the weekend. But it's a double pod week. Alan, are you you feeling that hype? How's the hope building um, at your place? Well, I have put £20 on Scotland to win the Grand Slam, which seems, seems rogue, but... I had a friend message me, tell me they put £25 on. And I felt like, you know what? If I now don't do it, I'll regret it. So I did it. <laughs> you, well, you do have to be in it to win it. You do you'd have to be in it. For your, it. You'd hate for your numbers to come up in the lottery, wouldn't you? 100%. And I, but I have to say that there's already, even though we're weak out, too much. Scotland are looking quite good. Scotland have done this. Scotland have got a chance. Conversations for my liking. I, I I feel like we're going in just with a little bit too high expectations. I think the one that that sort of told me that hype was really frothing over was Sam Warburton coming over onto Team Scotland in the Times this week. Um, yeah, that was that's when you know the international community is getting getting too overexcited. But it is that is the nature of the Six Nations every single year. Matt, are you, are you feeling it? I, th- I think I, I think I've maybe been swayed by all this positivity. Um, plus, I think some sort of like objective analysis points to quite a lot of optimism. I've maybe just sort of been writing the newsletter today, and I've maybe lost my head in terms of being sort of very positive about the Six Nations. And I have sort of caveated that in my writing by saying this is all like too good to be true, and 
I'm going to be proved extremely wrong, but we'll the, see. The, the problem is, sitting here on a Sunday night, having a couple of glasses of wine, you look at the URC table and Edinburgh and Glasgow are one and two a week <laughs> out from the Six Nations. Has that, that, that can't have ever happened before in like the top Pro 14 or anything like that. No, I think one, we need 100%. To ask, yeah, need to ask Kev Miller. He'll have the stats around that. I mean, usually we're like middle. Glasgow are usually really crap in the first half of the season. Then they go on like sort of barnstorming runs into like the playoffs in the second half. I just think generally there's never really been many times where Edinburgh and Glasgow have both been strong at the same time. I think almost historically Edinburgh pre Tooney were stronger than Glasgow and then Edinburgh sort of became a little bit mid table and then Glasgow sort of were pushing for that top four for a long time. And as sort of Cockrell came slightly back at the end, kind of Glasgow retreated. So no, it's um, it's a new world. And Dodson did say in um, in his interview this week that you know once the team once the teams had got sort of consistently sort of performing at a high level, he was he was he was eyeing up a third pro team. So maybe it's maybe yeah. It's just... I, I I didn't believe a single word of that. He was just sort of <laughs> he was like, yeah, it would be really great and. Was basically just listing Scottish cities. He was like, you know, there could be an Aberdeen or a Dundee team, but he's, he wasn't committing anything beyond that. He's read the Thistle analysis. He knows it's a no go. No, unless he builds one in air. Unless it's air, that's my shout. <laughs> <laughs> well, that I mean, I don't think we need to go down the rabbit warren of the Scotland Pro team, but we certainly are in rarefied air at the top of the URC. We'll be talking about the Glasgow win and the sad Edinburgh loss. Um, just about now, as well as looking into some um, the Scots abroad members of the Scotland uh, team uh, squad who were playing um, elsewhere this weekend. But before we get there, um, quick word: we are back with the fine people at Match Pint for their Guinness Pint Predictor for the um, Six Nations this year. So make sure you get um, onto the App Store, Apple, or Android, or wherever you, the hell you get your stuff. Download the Match Pint app, get in there, um, and then join our league. It's Thistle. On the Guinness Pint Predictor, you can then uh, put in your um, your predictions for the first round of the Six Nations. It's going to be throughout and compete against hundreds of others of Thistle listeners. If you get the um, score within five, you win a pint for a mate. If you get if you get the score spot on, you win a pint for yourself. I think over the autumn internationals, lads, we our league created I think over seven hundred free pints of Guinness. So, you know, if that's not a good reason for you to get onto Matchpoint and download the app um, and play the game with us, I, I don't I don't really know what is. So that's Matchpoint. We're going to be doing our predictions um, on Thursday's pod once the Scotland squad is announced for the big game against England. But get yourself on there in the meantime. Um, yeah, so there you go. That's a word from um, Matchpoint. Um, shall we start? Let's start with the positives and then we can sort of slowly... Um, drag ourselves down into negativity and then a bit of pessimism before the Scotland um, game at the weekend. Let's start with Glasgow's 42 points to 20 win. Two tries from Carl Stain, two from McLean and Sione Tuopolotu um, getting a man of the match. Um, Alan, let's start with that man, um, Tuopolotu. Um, how big an impact has he made at Glasgow? And do you think he's done enough to get a 12 jersey off Tooney next weekend? I think he's probably performed better than 
any of us expected or I think anyone in the press expected. I, I, I think actually a lot of us thought when he came over, he was just going to be sort of this, this hard-running centre, but without much else. And I actually think that he's brought a little bit more creativity and a little bit more distribution than uh, they were expecting. And I saw, I saw the stat, that I think, yesterday, they were saying that in the URC this season, he's got the second most metres made of any player, which I think, you know, normally sort of taken up by your sort of back three. So for, you know, I think Johnson, it appears, is clearly in that driving seat for the 12 jersey. But I don't think any of us would be particularly disappointed if Tuopolotu either usurped him or came in for Johnson being injured now. So no, it's a good, it's a good place to be in. It's, it's an absolutely high quality problem to have around that 12 jersey. But Matt, Glasgow coming off the back of much discussed um, on the pod and in the newsletter, disappointing couple of rounds in Europe. Pretty important for them to, to be able to pick up this win. Um, and yeah, second place in the URC. Wilson in? Yeah, it's a funny one. I hadn't quite realised. Obviously, Glasgow has sort of been swilling around that third, fourth, fifth place. But with Leinster suffering a kind of shock uh, loss away at Cardiff um, and Glasgow winning at the weekend takes them into that second place. So, look, the past few weeks haven't been great, but maybe fans, including us, are are slightly overreacting. Um, But overall, an impressive win given... I think the scale of the win, like 45-20, is, is a bit of a thrashing, really, uh, considering the sports ground can be a pretty horrific place to play. You've seen you know, Stade Francais go there this season, uh, Leicester go there and only win with sort of the last play of the game. So for Glasgow to win so comfortably and for them to score some nice tries and actually get the ball into the hands of your Staines and Rufus McLean's and, and two Pelotos was just uh, yeah, pretty much perfect reaction, I suppose. It was 20-all with about 20 minutes to go. <laughs> but yeah. But, but still, 45-20 away from home. But, but, and in, and in the weeks before, on this very podcast, and our words should be treated you know, very, very seriously, we were sort of um, going after Glasgow for at that sort of 60-minute point, completely and utterly capitulating. So this is, they, they've sort of... Uh, not saying we made it, but they've definitely listened to us and they've sort of um, they've uh, they've addressed that issue um, from the previous weeks. Just had the thistle pod on as like hype music at halftime, just to make, like <laughs> get them focused in. I think Danny Wilson just this like is what they think you team meeting lads like hour and fifteen of the pod last weekend. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> look, I, I think absolutely right. Ultimately, college away is like a super difficult game, and even more so when you're like missing six or seven first team starters who with the sort of Scotland team are sort of out out injured. So no, it's a good, it's a good win, but I guess just, again, it's just like a little bit frustrating with Glasgow because I think maybe sort of more so than Edinburgh, they're sort of, have been sort of very inconsistent this season in terms of kind of the quality of performances, both in like totality, but also just kind of during a match can sort of range from, absolutely unbelievable to like complete turd within like a 10 minute period um but no good good to see and obviously good to um roll that into is it now the next game for them going to be 1872 no, no. i think they're they're catching up so they're playing munster on friday the 11th so that's the night before the scotland wales game yeah so yes. you got you 
um, at Scottsdale, and then they've got Benetton coming to town. Uh, and then okay. they, uh, yeah, there's a bit of catch up going, and then they go away to the Scarlet. So I think they're playing these three matches, um, and then it goes into uh, their home fixture against Edinburgh um, on the 18th of March. I thought so, it was yeah. also it was also good to see um, a few of the guys who've maybe not played that much recently, notably George Horn and and Thomas Gordon, who you know Tom Tom Gordon until. You know, the arrival of Roy Darge was like sniffing around that Scotland squad and was probably one of Glasgow's best players last season. So I thought they both played really well, which was which is nice to see. Yeah, hundred percent. I think um yeah. Tom Gordon probably like a year ago was like, I'm gonna be the main man at Glasgow at seven and I'm gonna be pushing for the Scotland squad. And then just out of nowhere, this lad gets shipped across the M eight and <laughs> ends up being like the next best thing, which must yeah. just be incredibly frustrating. But no, he definitely sort of stepped up. And I think as he sort of always is, he's, he's unbelievable work rate and just unbelievably like abrasive at sort of rock time, just like similar to Darge, just has sort of no, no desire to sort of for his own well-being. But, uh, and, and another sort of like great, great um, Kiwi haircut to throw in the mix. Um, we talked a little bit about Tupelotu and potential Scotland chances. We talked a lot about this guy last week, Kyle Stain. I think we're all quite big fans of him on the pod. Two tries, keeping Tooney honest when he's um, you know thinking about his squad this week. Um, Matt, do you think he's maybe maybe done enough to sort of push himself into the, into the 23, maybe the 15? Yeah, it's, it's interesting because I think maybe if Maitland hadn't been called up into the squad, um, then he would have a far better chance. But I suppose he can cover that 13 position as well. And it does seem as if this squad selection for the Six Nations is putting quite a lot of value in versatility. Um, I suppose it's just whether you take a bit of a risk with Stade and say maybe in attack he is slightly ahead of Maitland at the moment just because he's younger and probably has a little bit more speed to his game or you sort of go with that Maitland experience um, and it's difficult to tell from this week in terms of the selections for Edinburgh and Glasgow as to who's sort of been released from Scotland to give them game time or just because they're not being considered for the England game Um but you'd, you'd maybe think that with Stain playing for Glasgow, he's not within that selection frame, but then both McLean and Graham were both playing as well. So I, I don't know if it's that sort of muddies the water slightly. Do, do you think, especially with the back three, there's a little bit of a less need to sort of wrap them up in cotton wool in the sort of week before the match? Yeah, possibly. That, that could make sense. Um, and maybe they want to see someone like Stain have a go at 13 with, with a view to putting him on the bench and being, being able to genuinely cover quite a few positions. It's, it, would, it feels strange that they would go, go and start Sean Maitland after not initially calling him up to the squad. <laughs> it's they're clearly, yeah. you know, he was only called up because Duhan and Kyle Rowe were both ill. And then, did, did, Duhan, did Duhan play for Worcester at the weekend? 
Yeah. Yes, he did. So it's a little bit different with with England, but I don't think Maitland was cut. Was, oh, sorry, I cut myself off. Just again, Maitland wasn't called into the the Saracens team, was he? Yeah, he was on the bench. Oh, just ignore me then. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, everyone played. Kyle Rowe was on the bench as well for a long time. Yeah. I guess it just means that Duhan's not ill anymore. Yes. No. Absolutely. It's so um, that, that kind of answers. That means that basically there's only really like, is there a Maitland for Darcy Graham because he made a massive impact at training and reminded everybody that he's class. You I mean, know, King Kinghorn's the other one, right? Yeah, Kinghorn started most of his games for Scotland on the wing, and True. can offer a sort of different game to a lot of those players. So potentially, um, yeah, Duhan, Hogg, Kinghorn, two pretty big. Tall, bulky wingers able to come off the wing, attack Marcus Smith. I'm, I'm assuming they'll use Duhan more than Kinghorn, obviously, even in that situation. But it's um, he, Kinghorn does seem to be liked by Tooney and then also obviously Mike Blair as well. So you could see it. Well, we will, we will, we certainly will see. That's um, Thursday lunchtime. Tooney will be naming a Scotland squad for the big. Calcutta, Calcutta Cup match on um, Saturday evening. Um, Edinburgh remain top of the URC, but um, missed an opportunity to really strike out and extend their lead. Um, loss on the road to the Ospreys, 23 um, 19. A hat trick from prop Bowen Venter, which you'd love to see a prop hat trick um, at the best of times, but. Alan, an Edinburgh performance sort of littered with um, uh, unforced errors. Yeah, it was a bit of a strange match. I actually, I nearly sent a message. I think it was about 20 minutes in. It was still nil-nil or sort of maybe a little bit early in 20 minutes. And I was going to say, this is most certainly not a classic. And it it felt very sort of old school Edinburgh, sort of pre-Blair Edinburgh with um, not a lot on attack, sort of being able to front up, but driven a lot by Pergos and, to be fair to Pergos, some highly accurate box kicks. But I think they sort of went 14-0 ahead and Ospreys just slowly seemed to kind of build up a little more dominant special on the breakdown, had a little bit more in attack and sort of very suddenly were ahead and Edinburgh just didn't seem to have sort of much leadership on the pitch, sort of a lot of a lot of drop balls, Buffelli kicking it dead. And I just think generally in attack, they really just didn't seem to have a game plan for how they were going to break down that Ospreys defence. It was just sort of very consistently, maybe sort of two or three phases, not making a lot of yards, Pergos, box kick, or kind of a little sort of grubber through and yeah, it was a little. I think it was just generally sort of a little bit disappointing for a team that I guess wasn't it's quite a lot of changes in that quite a lot of though. changes, particularly in the backline. No, that's that's true, but I think ultimately Pergos and Jackal, no, they're two pretty senior players, um, and I actually think Pergos did what he can do pretty well, but I thought Jackal had a relatively poor game. Also, got charged down on a conversion. What the fuck is yeah, that about? I, I, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> do you, that is unacceptable. What do you think with, with Jacko? I mean, that's his first involvement. 
this season, it seems, or maybe he played against the Stormers as well, but, you know, not anywhere near a Scotland squad, it seems. Do you think his days in Scotland are a bit numbered? I think if the Kinghorn experiment works, which I think early signs are that it, it has, and and that Edinburgh are playing quite well with him in that in that role, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Jacko was seen as sort of surplus to um into requirements. Because I'm just not I think we were chatting this about Liz a little bit on WhatsApp. You'd you'd think he's probably on pretty good wedge after he sort of recontracted and he was sort of in and around the Scotland team. Exactly. And you're just not sure with that he's sort of being able to sort of deliver a level of performances that is sort of needed for someone I imagine's on yeah, said a pretty pretty good wage and increasingly looks like Kinghorn's gonna be the starting starting man. Savela did look like look pretty good against Saracens and you'd like to think by at least sort of next year, year before Chamberlain might be starting to sort of break through. If yeah, Chamberlain yeah. seems to have disappeared off the face of the earth, going from the next big thing to not really getting any representation. I don't even know where he is, to be fair. <laughs> I, I sort of assumed the, he was still in the Edinburgh team squad in some he, capacity. He he is. I, I think Edinburgh released a, a you know, pre-match training video from the training on the dam on Twitter the other day, and he was in that. Because right, I, I sort of, the only reason I sort of noticed that is because I was almost quite surprised to see him. It's like, oh yeah, right. Yeah, that Chamberlain guy is still kicking around. I wonder if um, it was only this time last year during the Six Nations that he scored like a couple of really vital sort of like last minute tries or kicks for Edinburgh. It was in that sort of like March, yeah, end of last season where he looked like he was the sort of the coming man. And then um, Ross Thompson got his opportunities and seemed to like completely take over him as like the sort of the next big Scotland like prospect at 10. It it has been quite a dramatic fall. Or dramatic I mean, for people that are interested in that sort of stuff, I guess. <laughs> serious, <laughs> serious drama. Yeah, dramatic um, if, if you think like the fourth choice Scotland 10 is an interesting yeah. talking point, yeah. I think um, I, I think if you were looking for the positives out of the game is Mike Blair's obviously rotated his squad a lot and maybe this kind of game makes him realise that he can't do that as much as he'd like or which players are you know, fit his game plan or that he rates. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
that he can, I suppose, trust in difficult situations because presumably Edinburgh are going to get to a point where I understand it's a long, long season, but they're going to get to a point where they have settled on, you know, their first choice 23 with maybe a few positions that change depending on the, the opposition. Yeah. Players like Haining, you need to start every match. You are, <laughs> you are a man. I, I actually think Haining's going to start against England. It's going to happen. Well, Kev Miller did a sort of um, rundown of all the players who, from the Scotland squad involved at the weekend, and it had Bayliss and Haining in the forwards as injured. Now, I don't know what exactly that means, like for how long, but might be an issue. Fair. That is fair. I did see the Bayless. Yeah, Bayless came off for Bath last weekend, didn't he? I don't know if it's like he's a head like, knock. I think he's. I think he's. Yeah, head knock. Return to play protocols. That stuff. But then, just going back to the match, Bowen Venter first ever prop in the history of the the URC, and I'm assuming when they say the history of the URC, they're not meaning like the last six months or like <laughs> yeah, they're meaning the um the kind of like history of sort of I guess cross border. Celtic rugby. Um, I'd absolutely love to see like a sort of rock nation bow inventor super cut just to like <laughs> s- celebrate this milestone. And to be fair, he, he, he has been a good signing actually. It's yeah. sort of, so it does, but again, just sort of classic yeah. Saffa just like loves contact, like hates tackle him so much. Not huge. But um, generally, is just sort of great in sort of those um, tight areas. What do you think about a Buan Venter versus DJ Khaled like scrum off as part of kind of like U- URC promotional content? Like get it on a stage. I think that could be quite good. Like Jay Z in like mean, one of those like black and white like American referee shirts, <laughs> just sort of like doing yeah. that. I mean, the URC um, Rot Nation are doing absolutely fuck all at the moment so they might as well do something <laughs> you don't know I what it's a do, really Matt. good point what, maybe just behind the scenes doing nothing great I, I mean it's, sorry do, do you know what I'd say partnership. some of the Edinburgh graphics are looking quite snazzy well, do you think there's anything the, to do the, with them there's no way that's got anything to do with Rock Nation <laughs> what I would say Edinburgh, yeah. Rock Nation have not changed the face of rock, domestic rugby yet it's not happened quite yet. But I agree. Maybe they're, maybe they're dovetailing it with NFTs revolutionizing um, world rugby's um, revenue streams. Can't and that'll wait. be the big moment when that comes through. Can't wait for the URC NFTs to drop. It's, an, it's inevitable. That is, just, it is inevitable at the moment. Just like, yeah, just like get your like one of 50 Dave Cherry, like Ford Ape <laughs> Monkey NFT. <laughs> going to be unbelievable ryan wilson's big into his nfts yeah judging on his um his, his instagram random show for you who who do you think were the two vice cat if her and henry pergos was captain the weekend who do you think was named the two vice captains i, I know um, that i know that matt curry was one of them because i saw gary heatley um i think I, I did a post or wrote about it i don't know who the other one was it was dave cherry um, Big Chesa. Did I not see Glenn Young was one? You you were wrong. You did not see oh, that. I've, mi- 
I made that up. Just like you've been like dreaming. Angela. You've been dreaming about Glenn Young. Again. Yeah, about old Glennie. What do you think, like <laughs> Darcy Graham, or like, <laughs> like Henry Matt Curry's had like a fair. I'm sure he's like a really good guy. He's had like he's like 20 and had like six caps. <laughs> it's like why? I'd be I'd just really interested to understand like what he has, or like what are his characteristics that they were like that guy is vice captain material. Magnus yeah, Bradbury. Is ex captain over a hundred caps? He even getting a gig of vice captain. Mate, Curry's Curry's seen some stuff. He's he's gone through the school of hard knocks, i.e., Murky. Murky, he learned some real life lessons there yeah. that you can apply to. And to be and to be fair, when Bradbury was made Edinburgh captain, he was out had ten pints and twenty marble lights and fell over and got his strip yeah. from him. So his captaincy credentials took a bit of a knock. That's fair. I mean, <laughs> Dave Cherry looks like a man who's probably had a lot of 10 pint, 20 marble light sessions, to be fair. Yeah. But that's part of his leadership. Yeah. You buy into true. that from him. Anyway. No, just interesting. It's, um, and actually, Matt Curry didn't do very much, but I actually thought Cammy Hutchison, young guy, mm. played, um, played really well. And, uh, good to, good to see him get a, get a bit of Has game. Has Cammy Hudson ever been in and around the Scotland score? Because I know Matt Curry's been in and like sort of trained on the outskirts of it. You know, when Tooney calls up like a few interns, basically. I don't know if Cammy Hudson's ever been in there. I think so. I don't think so. I can recall. <clears throat> Interestingly, just looking at the unavailable list for Edinburgh this weekend. So, yes, you were right. Nick Haining, Luke Crosby, and then James Lang as um, as well. So, um, I sort of forgot. But I was yeah. looking at um, just sort of Ed, uh, Edinburgh, obviously top of the league, but they are also got the most bonus points with eight. Um, so, you know, the games that they lost have been close and they scored a decent amount of try bonus points. They're third in points against and fourth in points for. So they're looking in pretty good shape overall. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think they've got much to worry about. They'll have less games than Glasgow during this period as, as well, would they? Or is they going to be the same? I think they've got a bit of a catch-up to do. Well, Edinburgh will finally get tested by those Irish sides because they've got Leinster away and Munster. Not sure if it's home or away. But, yeah, two, two pretty difficult tests when they will yeah, be without quite a few of their internationals once again. Feels like Leinster as well just sort of can have like fifteen internationals away and still have like an insanely strong I appreciate they lost to Cardiff at the weekend, but an insanely strong team. Whereas Edinburgh maybe saw sort of the hints of again sort of this weekend that once you sort of start to cut out again those sort of top kind of mm. five or six players, that actually there just isn't that much depth. But you know, it's um We'll see. It's a big test, given the fact, said, the fact that they've not really played that many of sort of the, the top teams, I would say. Yeah, so there's Len- Leinster at the RDS and then Munster at Toman Park and then Connor are coming to the damn health. So we are certainly going to learn an awful lot about Edinburgh over the next next three weeks. Um, but- It'll be interesting to see what they do, I guess, sort of 9-10 wise, whether they sort of stick mm. with Jack or sort of through this period or whether they sort of go to someone like Savela. And again, with like, I guess with Pergos, it's sort of, he ultimately, Pergos does what he does really well. <laughs> Just not sure whether this Edinburgh team 
whether he's now sort of the right fit for that. It feels like Velikots sort of really helps set the tone for what this kind of Edinburgh team has been doing over the last sort of four or five months. So I wonder how much they might try and bring him in, even though he's obviously going to be part of the, the wider Scotland squad. We'll see. Yeah, we, we absolutely will see. So that's going to be planned. There was originally not planned to be any USC, URC stuff on um, international weekends, but it's bumper rugby thanks to that Omicron wave just before Christmas. Um, plenty of other Scots involved um, around the uh, the rest of the UK and abroad uh, this weekend. Um, match, we started, I don't know if it was at Franklin's Gardens, but Rory Hutchison getting on the score sheet. Um, Northampton wins, getting sort of like high praise. Everyone loves a bit of Hutch hype running up to a major Scotland tournament. Um, what did you make of it? Well, yeah, he's timed his run pretty well because he's he's sort of scored in the last few games. And I think from a position where at the start of the season, he wasn't actually starting that much. And, and Dingwall was the one uh, receiving all the praise. He's He's come on to a good game. And I think he's sort of made that 12 shirt his own whereas before he was playing a bit at 15. Um, and Dingwall's the interesting one, who seems to consistently be one of Northampton's best players, but you know, aside from being called up to that England camp, hasn't really troubled the international scene. Um, I suppose overall, you, you also had you know, Sutherland and Doohan playing for Worcester, and to see them just come through injury-free was all you really wanted. Um, Sutherland on the score thing, sheet as well? Yeah, he, he dived over from, from close range. It was a classic kind of yard run from, from a prop. But fair play to him. Um, and Finn Smith, the young the young standoff, who it appears is Scots qualified, although I think is currently in the England under-20s, getting some decent game time. So I'm sure that mm. Townsend and Co have been tapping him up. Was it, Steve, was it Steve Diamond in the week that was sort of talking up Finn Smith quite a lot? Yeah, and it was quite funny. He said, he was like, oh, who's this like lad with a fancy name in the England squad at the moment? Orlando. Like Orlando Bailey. Finn's yeah. way better than him. Um, <laughs> which was interesting because, you know, I think he's, I mean, he's a young player who's sort of not played that much professional rugby really, but appears to be quite highly rated. Well, that's fine. Hopefully Eddie continues to ignore Finn and then Tuni can just send out the big come and get me plea. Just get him, get him, get him north of the border. It would be great to replace Finn with a new Finn. It would be good. Yeah. Drop one N. It's like a Finn. It's like a. It's <laughs> yeah. an FIN Finn, isn't it? This Finn Smith. And good to be question. You know, it is. It is. It's a single N. A single oh, N. And to be fair to Finn, he um he led racing to a win away to to lose last night. Yeah, apparently um, dropped the ball over the line though. Isn't it? <laughs> I thought he touched it down like half a meter in front of the line. I think he did oh, like a, qu- a quick tap and um, and went for it and reached out and sort of missed it. I, I think it, it sounds like it was a very classic sort of Finn Russell performance where there was like moments of genius and moments of like complete just horrific um, <laughs> awfulness. Got that to look forward to, but in the, it ultimately all mixed together in an away win at Toulouse, you can't really argue with. So it's, um, but no, again, I still, good I still haven't quite got my head around the fact that Anton Breslow is now like absolutely killing it for racing. 
don't, I don't know if killing it is tough. Okay. I mean, the fact Doing he's well, getting, I'd say I'd say the fact he's getting game time for Racing is relatively he is absolutely killing it. No, yeah, that's fair. Based on his levels at the sort of the tail end of his time at Edinburgh, that's killing it level, surely. <laughs> to be honest, yeah. When if someone had said when he was leaving Edinburgh that in four years' time he'd be in the start in Racing twenty three, I would have laughed at you. So <laughs> maybe maybe if you're a kind of slightly over the hill second row, like Tim Swinson, there's there's value to be had somewhere. Maybe that's like the new signing that kind of moneyball analytics are identified. <laughs> yeah. There's maybe something there's maybe something there. Just Ben Ben Tulis gets signed <laughs> gets signed up by like Claremont, like yeah, La Rochelle. <laughs> <laughs> what? Who um, else? Who else was in the Rick Rod? Matt, you've got your you've got the list in front of you. I think. Yeah, there's actually a, a, a lot. Um, you had in London Irish beating Exeter. You had Carl Rose on the bench, but then you had Johnny Gray, Sam Skinner, and Stuart Hogg uh, all starting. Um, and all coming, Ray, through, yeah, all coming through all coming through safely I Hogg, I think Hogg was subbed off at 60 but just to sort of manage game time yeah um, Darcy Ray played a full 80 for Bath which I think was like his first proper start of the season also um, he's getting grave reviews yeah exactly and he's kind of like a bit of a forgotten um, yeah. man of Scottish rugby and once again it sounds as if you know the, the Cam Redpath return from injury is just is going. He's timed it so well for the Calcutta Cup. He'll doubtless get injured after that and not play again. But <laughs> kind of like break him out of storage for that, then that's fine by me. Um, there's a lot. Gloucester have got this real growing contingent of Scots. Um, obviously, there's Hastings, Harris, and Andrew Davidson, who people might be familiar with. But then you've also got Charlie Chapman, who's been playing really well at nine. And I think if our sources are right, Jack Singleton, who's previously played for England, will qualify for Scotland under the new residency rules. Um, and considering he, Gloucester are fourth in the league, it's a pretty good place for those guys to be. I think um, I, I, I put out some feelers on Singleton, firstly to see if he'd come on the pod and secondly to see if he was interested. I think he still wants to play for England. I think he's still... The fact that he was in like the World Cup final squad in like 2019... It's. I think he's still like pretty connected there, but let's give him eighteen months. Let's see. Let's see how he feels in a little bit. Yeah. Let's see what happens if yeah next Six Nations he doesn't get even like a, a yeah. text message from Eddie and gets and a he's call getting from a t- end. Well, he gets a he's, call from me, and I'm being like Jack. Yeah. Come on, mate. <laughs> yeah. Sure. That that'll be the clincher. <laughs> Could be. Maybe I'd get yeah. some sweet um, referral money. That'd be nice. He's okay. tapping that SOU match money, that would be quite good, um, yeah. And then probably the only other one to mention is quite a few Scots involved for sale in a good win for them against Leicester. Um, in Ashman, he's been starting quite a lot at Hooker recently. Byron McGuigan on the wing. And someone was informing us today on Twitter that Tom Roebuck, the other winger, is Scots-born, Scots-qualified. Um, and he got on the score sheet. And then you have, we managed to st- have, we stu- have we stood that up? Well, I went back to the guy and he said he sent me his bio from the Sale Sharks website and it says place of birth Inverness. So it's not oh. even a, it seems as if it's not even a tenuous connection. 
Here we fucking go. Here Love we it. go. Well, there you go. Get him in. Get him in with Andy Christie. Yeah. Yeah, and then everyone, Saracens, Scottish Scottish rugby socials have really bought into um, Andy Christie. There's so much yeah. Andy Christie content out there already. Yeah, Which, he, he does. He does come across very well. To be fair, oh, totally, comes across great. And he's, I, is he a bit of a beast? He's an absolute unit in the, the photos that I've seen. I yeah. haven't seen him play that much rugby for Saracens, admittedly, apart from that time when we saw him against Edinburgh. But, you can never I judge. Looks... It's, it's, you can never. Someone can look like a beast and be terrible, though. To always remember, Finn Russell is the definition of peak performance. <laughs> that is true. You might not like it, but that is what peak athletic performance looks like. Any more? Any more for any more, Matt? Uh, probably the only thing I'd highlight is the fact that you know Cal, uh, Tim Swinson just keeps going, trucking on, and it was him and Cam Hunter Hill packing down in the boiler room for Saracens. Whether that had anything to do with the fact that they lost the Wasps, I don't know. But you can probably quite easily draw the dots there. Yeah. And a, and a final shout probably for the, the Thistle Rugby Pod derby in the School's Cup semi-final. The bad guys, Stu Mel beating, beating Watsons uh, yesterday. Disappointing to see, I have to say. Do we know who, do we know who they're up against RBG. in the final? It was Dollar against Murky in the other final. So it's good to see that the the tournaments really sort of branched beyond the traditional <laughs> yeah. strong strong schools. Um, Are how are five the only team from sort of like outside of that? You know, like the Edinburgh and sort of traditional public rugby schools that have made it to the final or have won it. Yeah, I can remember. It's like f- literal, literal like freak year of like five absolutely amazing rugby players <laughs> who literally all went on to play for Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either yeah. like international or seventh. So, yeah. but then, but then you know, the likes of a Stirling County under eighteen, for instance, they don't put a side in, do they? They play in the the other. They part. play a different tournament. So yeah, I'd always want. I always wondered what, um, how they would do in that in the cup. Yeah. It's so dumb. They should hundred percent just put the put those sort of teams in together with the schools. Yeah, it's yeah. just f- fundamentally from just like a resources and a focus standpoint. There's like no, not really any state schools that are ever going to be able to compete with the private schools. It's always going to have to mm. be club led and with like an amalgamation of people from different senior schools. If it's going to be a sort of state led team, yeah. Um, but yeah, one for another time. Yeah, it's bigger, one, bigger discussion than we can handle, probably. Probably bigger. I'm trying to think. Robert, Robert Gordon's. They, you, they were the team you beat in the final, weren't they, Alan? Yeah, but it's the, I like, mean, private yeah. school, <laughs> just private, in Aberdeen, private, <laughs> private rugby school. It's just in Aberdeen. Yeah, just don't With think about it that much. Rui Jackson at ten. Yeah, and I laid him the fuck out. No, I didn't. Really. Did you? No, I didn't, didn't at all. <laughs> I think he actually went just ran straight over me. I was the most. I think I was probably the most pathetic inside centre that's ever won the schools cup. But you know, <laughs> it's, it's what it is. It was. We'd it love, was we'd love to see the other. We'd love to see the other candidates for that. Well, the next yeah. year it was Pete. It was Pete Horn. So <laughs> you know, the, the a real sliding there for everyone to see. Real sliding doors moment for Scottish rugby. Chosen one of the two of you. <laughs> 
um well that is that i think is everything for tonight um guys as i say we'll be back later in the week scotland squad is going to be announced on thursday so we'll be there to preview um scotland versus um england which is next how exciting next saturday evening um we're going to be in the roseburn for about midday on saturday so if anyone wants to come in for wkds they will be lined up on the bar on saturday but we'll be back to preview that on thursday evening so in your feeds on friday morning i would have thought in the meantime get yourself onto the app store download the match pint app and join our league that's thistle in the guinness pint predictor predict the scores and win some pints for yourself and for your mates um, follow us on Twitter, Thistle Rugby Pod, on Instagram, Thistle underscore Rugby underscore Pod, and Matt's newsletter dropping first thing tomorrow morning. That's on Substack, Thistle Scottish Rugby Podcast. Join the thousands of people that are signing up to that and getting it in their inbox every Monday morning. Live the good life. What is stopping you? Um, and that is it for us. Um, we'll speak to you later on in the week. Cheers. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.